Hey, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. I got all the boys in here. Oh, my God. It's a boy party. Are just, like, slightly shining from the darkness. Because he, like, he, he is, like, deep dark in, he is in the depths of my closet right now. And staring yeah. out from beyond. We've all been there. Wow. He is just a ghost, an apparition, versus Hobbit, who's just sitting and staring at me from the other side of the door, like, what he usually likes to do. Hi, coming out? Yeah, there's no cover on that. How are you gonna... Oh, oh careful, he's doing a tightrope walk. You can walk past, just don't walk on. Please don't hit my mic. He's Goodbye. hitting my mic. Okay. Oh. He's actively hitting the mic. Butt's on the mic. Cool. Wow, he is on the mic. He's walking as slowly as he can past. Oh. Yeah, it's the slowest I've watched a cat walk. <laughs> we got some cat beds from uh, my brother because uh, Jinx, the old lady, got a dog bed that my parents accidentally ordered that's too small for the dogs. Um, so oh. she's living in the lap of luxury, and now we have these older cat beds um, that KK like loves because he loved Jinx. Uh, Jinx just hated him. So he's like ah. really into them. So just snuffing that up. Oh, he's that's why he walks so slowly because I moved that. Um, I've been I've been leaving them in my room to like. I've I've been needing to wash them, but apparently it's more enjoyable if the old lady's smell is on there. Um, <laughs> he loves that old lady. He smell. does. Like mm-hmm. he went immediately. We have one of those like wool cavern ones. In it immediately yeah. as soon as I put it out, he's like. <gasps> You shouldn't have. Um, how is how is your lady and your boy doing? Ah, uh, they're doing pretty good. Um, I think she's slowly warming up to him. You know, very slowly, yeah. but surely. Just, you know, I'm gonna keep checking up. in just so everyone and myself yeah. can stay in the loop. Yeah, you know, she'll she'll lean over and sniff him. Like if she if he's being too overbearing, she'll turn around and hit him, and he's like totally fine with that. Yeah, it like doesn't phase him. So we try to, you know, give her a break. We'll be like, Vinny, come here, yeah. come here, give her a break. You know, your leave her alone. So it's not like, Christ, he was like, yes. I did take my brother to Powell's. Ooh. Not the Powell's, but a Powell's the other day. So he's like, where can I go to a bookstore to get some anime? So I was like, eh, I mean, technically you could get anime at a bookstore on a DVD, but like. Oh, I guess I meant mangas. Yeah. <laughs> the book anime. like, your brother's such a weeb. I'm surprised he made that mistake. Um, no, he didn't. I will, though. <laughs> uh, speaking um, of books. Oh, I was just going to say, I went in, I went into the Powell's, not really planning on getting anything, because he kind of threw that to me out of the blue, but we were, like, right near the Cedar Mills Powell's, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, all right, let's go. And I did definitely walk out with, um the tyrant baru cormorant which uh by seth dickinson the third in the baru or in the masquerade series Mm -hmm. um i'm still working on monster i was like is Um, this the third book or is this this is the third book it's like 700 pages it was it was another one of those things that was i think supposed to be a trilogy But then, you know, obviously he came out with the third one and it's 700 pages and I guess not done. Just kept writing. So, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm still working through Monster. Um, it's kind of, it's got a lot of, um, it's a monster of a book. 
you know, it is. Um, it's got a very enjoyable, like, language to it that's, like, I think very easy to digest. Mm. Um, like, it's funny and it's um, witty and all that stuff, but it's also got, like, a lot of fantasy names in mm. languages that I don't know. There's, like, grown-up and... words and, like, okay, got it. Uh... Yeah, and some, like, concepts are, like, a little bit over my head because it's very much, like, it's, like, a very political book. They're, they're like very political like um yeah. like in the fantasy world politics um and so like some of it kind of like goes over my head but i still really enjoy like i get the gist of what's happening and that's enough for me and i that's, do enjoy it and the characters are really enjoyable that's with like any any magic system basically i'm just yeah. like all right and then people are like wow this is such a lazy magic system and i'm like uh, yeah i didn't even understand it so got it yeah sometimes sometimes when you're reading you just kind of i mean like when i read book like gideon the ninth it's like what are, how do you say all those names and i just kind of skim over them and don't like quite like and yet you know you understood with, it like, more than i did <laughs> well no but then i read the audiobook yeah so <laughs> it's the it's the People who listen to the audiobooks and then see the names spelled out on paper go, excuse me? Yeah. And those who read it and then hear how the names are pronounced are like, um, what? So- uh, I don't think we hear KK's voice a lot on this podcast. No? He's like, oh, hello. Oh. He actually is a very talkative voice. Oh, he's very loud. Oh. Yeah. He is loud. Um. Yeah. He's, he's mostly meowing right now because he thinks I'm going to kick him out. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I just picked him up and he was like, oh, wait, let me, let me, let me, let me figure it out. So imagine that uh, last episode I mentioned when we came home uh, from being gone for two days and there was a mess and he was just like, mer, mer, like very upset that there was a mess and he hadn't been able to clean it up. Um, so I haven't read any, I don't really, I have a book on deck for after I'm done with this next right. book, but I thought maybe I'd talk about a series that um, I've been working on. Sure. Um, at work. Uh, the first issue is definitely out, and I was working on the second issue and was kind of like, oh, I really enjoy this. So I went back and read the first one. So I highly recommend the first one. It's called um, Survival Street. Mm. And I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, it's uh, written by James Osmus and Jim Festante, and with art by Abile Kusinov. I, I hope I'm saying that right, but I didn't do any previous research on this. Uh, it's basically uh, Sesame Street, but they've gone rogue. So it, it's definitely... 100%, like, it's um, action, satire, heavy political commentary. So, like, if that's not your thing, I get it. The world kind of sucks right now. And, I'm, like, our current political system sucks right now. So if you want to definitely get away from that, I get it. But if you want to watch Muppets trying to battle this awful political corporate system, um... It's basically like they were on Sesame Street. They were Muppets on Sesame Street. And then uh, the world 
the country is left completely deregulated and effectively carved up into feudal states where billionaires and businesses make their own laws. Um, so it, public broadcasting is shut down, which is where Sesa the their version of Sesame Street was. Um, and so now they're kind of uh, going around and trying to help the kids. So they're like mercenaries uh, fighting for the children to protect them. And I think the characters are absolutely wonderful. They're fun. They're adorable because they're Muppets. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's great. I, I, I think it's very fun. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this. Yeah, I am absolutely in love with the little uh, yellow gal. Um, I, I don't know. I, I forget what her name is. Um, <laughs> but she is so cute. She's got that little gap tooth on the cover. And she's got, like, pigtails. And I would just uh, That's do anything for her. <laughs> what have you been reading? Well, like I mentioned last time, I'm reading a couple of books right now that I got from Pride. And this is another sort of, like, photo Ooh. collage story collection one um, called Kings and Queens, uh, Queers at the Prom um, by David Boyer. And it's basically um, a collection of uh, people's stories of going to prom, but, like, you know, also a reflection on, like, sort of prom culture and, and how closely it's tied to U.S. culture and specifically... Um, the expectation of, like, uh, performing gender and performing... It's basically, like, if you've gone to prom, like I have, you are expected to yeah. have a date of the opposite or, you know, some of a different of the assumed opposite sex. And um, you're supposed to, you know, have a corsage and there's, like, a lot of pomp and circumstance that goes along with it. And it's basically like teens cosplaying as adults in the 1950s. But also like it's really horny and like party heavy. And um, and it's interesting. He, he talks about how like this story evolved from like a, a short um, like essay he did for like a magazine or a newspaper. And he was like, I always kind of knew this is like meant to be a book really um and uh and just you know more about um just like following the stories of prom and how it evolves um but and this i thought was interesting um it was written in um like i said these are from earlier in the 2000s oh god oh my god oh jesus sorry jk just walked across my laptop and i was like he stopped the recording but he didn't something he mentioned is that uh you know this came out just like a little bit after 2003 and there was uh you know very recently um and at that time there was someone who was basically oh. uh, uh killed wow. for being gay in their state um, around prom season and someone was banned from going to prom with their same uh, gender partner um, and uh, he kind of ends his introduction being like you know things have already changed mm -hmm. so much just in life my lifetime and I hope things continue to change as like it continues and I was like respectfully I'm like oh like this is 
things have changed and um, I'm interested to read it further because it seems to be of a, a, a variety of different people yeah. and also a, like covering prom in general and like yeah not only just like the date part of it but also like gender expression and the issues with like drinking and underage drinking and prom and all that i i've only really dipped into the beginning of that one um because it's a little more text heavy um but nice enjoying it all right you ready yep because i remember heart and i'm tangled tongue and this is warrior cats what is that some kids yeah we got some kids maybe in the long term maybe not we'll see we'll see how long they stick around anything's possible anything's possible moss pelt just uh busted into camp oh right also people Uh uh-oh poison Uh uh-oh uh-oh so feathertail's warning her dream Uh leaf pool's journey to see mothwing had all been in vain. It still happened. More warriors are gathering. And Sutfer, again, Sutfer, asks, why should they send their medicine cat all the way around the lake to River Clan? Can't they find help somewhere else? Which we're getting a little sick of Sutfer, aren't we? Sutfer. Are you, like, about to die? Or, like, why are you all of a sudden... Like, what's happening with this guy? Why are we suddenly hearing a lot out of this kid? Like, he's just kind of just been there. I don't... Like, what... Am I... Like, what significant stuff is for done? Um, his mom sacrificed his life for him. Alright, dude. Really that living up to that. Ri- or, that was after this was written, though. <sighs> um... I doesn't I don't, oh, for, come I don't on. forgive it. No. Oh come on, Thornclaw argues. Wind clan aren't likely to help, and Shadow Clan has never been generous to other clans. Which alright, Thornclaw, good for you. Thornclaw hasn't gone full tool yet. Not yet. I just get really frustrated with him in the later series. Wow. That's just Cinder Pelt comes over and asks if boys right cinderpelt comes over and asks if moss pelt is in trouble moss pelt says the whole of river clan is in trouble mothwing's den is full of sick cats none have died yet but they will die if they don't have help sir (laughs) sorry my dog's like coughing outside my door well leafpool begs to go guilty that she hadn't tried harder to find the trouble Cinderpelt and Firestar exchange a long glance. If Firestar agrees, Cinderpelt says. Firestar nods. They can't refuse a clan in trouble. And the sickness could come here. He tells Leafpool to find out all she can about it. Yeah, so let's do it for selfish reasons, guys. Well, it's more like... I know, I know. You know, know. Firestar's got his bleeding heart, but, you know, soot fur and the like. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, 
this could also be in our interest, so pipe down. Leafpool looks to Cinderpelt and asks if she's sure she can manage without her. And then it points out in the writing that because of her leg, Cinderpelt relies on Leafpool to collect the herbs they need, which she got along fine for a while yeah, without Leafpool. Also, she like just I, uh, walked to the Leafpool hey. bath. Yeah, like she's fine, I think. Thanks, Aaron's, for the little ableist commentary. Alright, girls. Of course, Cinderpelt replies, Thunderclan is lucky to have two medicine cats. And a shadow flickers in her eyes. Brightheart steps forward. She can always help if needed. Cinderpelt thanks her sister and turns back to Leafpool. There's no reason why she shouldn't go with Mosspelt, but come back as soon as she can, and may StarClan go with her. Leafpool nods and follows Mosspelt out of camp. Mosspelt can't manage any faster than a trot after her dash to ThunderClan, and there's no use racing to RiverClan if she's too exhausted to help when she gets there. They're crossing Windplant territory, almost to Horse Place, almost in the clear, when a yowl sounds above them. Four Windclan cats are bounding towards them, and Leafpool's heart lurches as she sees Crowfeather among them. Oh. <laughs> Well, Tornier is leading the patrol. He also has Owlwhisker and Webfoot with him. Tornier greets them cordially and asks what they're doing on WindClan territory. Leafpool is busy being way too conscious about Crowfeather's eyes scorching her fur. She dares not even look at him. Mosspout says they're on their way to RiverClan, and she doesn't give them any more info. Leafpool says they're staying close to the lake, just as the leaders decided last gathering. Tornier can see that, carry on then, and he's cut off. What are you staring at her for? Webfoot growled at Crowfeather. Aren't there enough caps in WindClan for him to be padding after? Leafpool froze. Like, hey Crowfeather, could you be a little less obvious? Great Star Clan, Webfoot, Tornier says. Don't be so mouse brained. This is Squirrelflight's sister, remember? Squirrelflight, who Crowfeather went on the journey with? Yes, that's definitely it. Leafpool is limp with relief. Okay, well, good says, news, yeah. guys. Uh, River Clan is just as dense as Thunder Clan, apparently. Wind Clan? Oh, or, oh, sorry, I forgot where we were. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Well, Crowfeather says they're on their way to RiverClan. They got stopped by WindClan. Sorry. Well, Crowfeather says, yeah, that's that's right, and asks Leafpool to say hi to Squirrelflight for him. <sighs> Moss... Smooth. Mosspelt asks impatiently if they can keep going. You know, her clan is, like, dying while they're flirting. Tornier nods and waves them away with his tail. Before Leafpool had taken a couple paces, a hiss sounds behind her. Crowfeather was following her. He whispers to meet him by the island at twilight. Then adds louder. Hey, I don't know. I'm like literally about to dip into like an active um like like hospital sort of situation. Like, I don't uh I was, this is like not. I thought 
you would contact me when it was like convenient. This is really not good timing. I'm gonna go save a whole clan. Remember when my dad did that for your clan? And you did that for all the other clans? Remember how you like well, I guess you did actually find time when doing that to follow them up. So awkward. But he said he said the book title. He said Twilight. Meet her at Twilight. It's the book title, Brenna. And also a heavy allusion into the fact that he is actually just um, a vampire. A vampire. Yeah, it's secretly just been Twilight fanfiction this whole time before Twilight came out. Um, he is Edward Cullen before Edward Cullen existed. <laughs> actually, Twilight is just Warrior Cats fanfiction. <gasps> it's human AU. <laughs> With oh Lee and Crowfeather. <laughs> uh, well, then Crowfeather adds louder. Remember to tell Squirrelflight what I said. Leafpool says she will. Guilt and excitement thrill through her. This couldn't be wrong, could it? When it made her so happy? Webfoot yowls to Crowfeather if he's coming, and he darts away without another glance at Leafpool. She catches up to Moss Pelt, feeling as if her paws hardly touched the ground. Back to reality. Okay. Girl, Leafpool you have a job smell. to do. Leafpool can smell the sickness long before they reach the camp. An eerie wailing rose above the bubbling stream. They splash ahead towards camp. Leopard Star emerges from the ferns and waits for them. The terrible wailing continued. Ivy Tail is dead, Leopard Star announced. I don't. Oh. Who? Her voice is calm, but her? Leafpool can see the. S- I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I thought that. Okay, I was like, uh oh, is that her deputy? But. No, that's Mistyfoot. Oh, right. Thank God. So her voice is calm, but Leafpool can see the stark terror behind her eyes. She asks Leafpool if she thinks she can help. Leafpool won't know until she talks to Mopwing. She'll go straight to her den. She knows the way. Labradstar will send warriors to help them. All thoughts of Crowfeather vanish from her head. All that mattered were these sick cats. Thank goodness. Yeah. Let's focus on that. Yeah, right. On the way, she passes Heavy Step and Hawkfrost carrying a limp body between them. She stands aside and lets them pass, head bowed in respect. Leafpool! Mothwing's voice is high and panicky. She flings herself from her den and presses her muzzle into Leafpool's fur. She knew she would come. Leafpool inhales her friend's fear scent, stronger than the reek of sickness. Leafpool asks what's happening. They're all dying, Mothwing says, eyes wide with distraught. She doesn't know what to do. Leafpool orders her to calm down. The clan will give up if they see their medicine cat panicking. She must be strong for their sake. Mothwing takes a couple of breaths. Leafpool is right. So Leafpool asks again, what's happening? Mothwing invites her to come and see. Check it out. Mothwing it leads. <laughs> Look at all this death. It's not fun. I'm not having a great time. Okay. <laughs> Mothwing leads Leafpool to her den. There's a tiny black kit. Its eyes were closed, and Leafpool has to look closely to see its shallow breathing. Beside it are two other kits, one unconscious but breathing more strongly, 
and the other thrashing back and forth. Jaws gaped in a feeble wail. Further along, four warriors laid in nests with a younger cat, probably an apprentice. So we have three kits, four warriors, one apprentice Ooh. down. Uh-oh. And one warrior dead. Mm. This isn't good. Leafpool crouches beside Dawnflower, who's nearest. What's a beautiful Leafpool taps her belly with... Yeah, is it that? I don't know if I want to hang out with you. Leafpool pats her belly with a paw, and Dawnflower moans and tries to pull away. Leafpool gives her a soothing lick and sits up to look at Mothling. This reminds her of when the cats were sick from the tainted water, but the scent isn't quite the same. Mothling wails, but that was her fault. She should have smelled that dead rabbit. Leafpool reminds her that she wouldn't have with paws full of mouse bile. And this sickness isn't her fault either. It yeah. is, Mothwing insists. Oh, huh? If well, I she thought... were a true medicine cat, she would know what to do for her clan. No, no, because the medicine, like, the the message God gave us didn't mention anything about Like, it got sick. to you. Yeah. No, I mean, she said two legs would send trouble, and she sent it to the medicine cat, so. Yeah, I mean, they... Girl, this is not your fault. They've but, never, ever given clear explanations. Like, all of the and time... And Mothwing got the message. Like, the only person like I've Mothling seen didn't get it. make, like, clear sense of the pure chaos, and even that was kind of a... Mm, I'm not so sure about that, was, um... Uh... Blue Star's uh, uncle. And <laughs> genuinely... I think he might have been the one and only guy to like be really good at that um i like to imagine um i can't remember his name that he actually got very like um the usual kind He's of interpretations better. yeah and he just liked he just kind of liked to drama it up he just liked a little show you know yeah let me know when we want to read goose feathers curse Whatever. I, I'm a Goose Feather fan. I'm a Goose Feather apologist. I think that people <laughs> um, judge Goose Feather when I think he probably was probably one of the strongest um, connected to Star Clan. At least from. Oh, for sure. Like, because everyone's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. well, I mean, by everyone, I mean me. <laughs> I was like, what is up with this crazy dude? But looking back, I. I genuinely think he was so close to Star Clan, it made it hard for him to exist in Thunder Clan. Yeah. Like, yeah, he he already had like one foot in that realm, which I don't know. Anyway, so let's not blame yourself, honey, because yeah, they they didn't tell you that tr you you were trying to keep a lookout. You were doing yeah, everything. Yeah, you she got the message based she on what you know. I don't think it's. You're a bad, like, medicine cat. I think it's the fact that you just don't have a lot of experience. Honestly, even an experienced medicine cat, you give that same that same message to uh, Cinderpelt, I don't think she would have been like, oh, we're going to get sick. <laughs> exactly. Well, Leafpool tells her sharply, that's nonsense. She is a true medicine cat. She's done nothing to cause this sickness but they need to find out where it's coming from. Mothwing hasn't had time to check the whole territory, not since the first cats fell ill. 
All the streams are running clear. There's no sign of two-leg rubbish in the lake. We need an apprentice. Oh, really? Yeah, because, I mean, she's been too busy. So if she had had an yeah. apprentice, she could have sent someone out to be like, go check the water. Or go check around and see if mm-hmm. you see something. But also, I am a little bit concerned she how she will get that. an apprentice. Because how will she know? How do we know who to pick? Mothwing says she's a useless medicine cat. Mudfur shouldn't have chosen her. Leaf Fool says, that's nonsense too, and she knows it. She gently runs her tail against Mothwing's pelt. What about the moth's wing that Mudfur found? It was a clear sign from StarClan that they wanted her to be his apprentice. Oh, ooh, ooh, Mothwing come on. looks like she wants to protest. Leaf Fool doesn't give her the chance. No, I want to know the story! They keep teasing this! Well, she needs to know what Mothwing has been doing for the sick cats. Mothwing has given them water mint for bellyache, and when that didn't work, she tried juniper berries, and it seemed to soothe the pain, but the cats haven't gotten better. Leafpool says that if they've ingested something poison, they should make them bring it up. But Mothwing doesn't have enough yarrow for everyone. Um. Mistyfoot and a young black warrior come to them. Oh, I was just, like, thinking of ways to make someone throw up, but... They use Yarrow to cats, do that. They cats just kind of do that, though. Yeah. Anyway. So Leopardstar had sent them to help, and Leafpool says they need Yarrow leaves. The Black Tom offers immediately to get some. She doesn't remember him, does she? Leafpool shakes her head. Sorry. He's Reed Whisker. She saved him when he nearly drowned back in their old home. Oh. And Leafpool does remember. She says she's glad to see him again. They'll need as much as he can carry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go get that Very yarrow. tender. Very beautiful. Glad to see you. Glad you're not dead. Get it. Get the light out, yarrow. kid. Well, Mothwing says there's good clumps by Horse Place, and Reed Whisker says he's on his way, and he's got an apprentice of his own now, so he'll take Ripple Paw with him. Aww. They can carry more. Leafpool calls after him to get juniper berries, too, and he waves his tail. He heard her. Mistyfoot asks what they need her to do. Leafpool says she can check the territory for anything that could have caused this. Hey, Mistyfoot. Mistyfoot. Hey, Mistyfoot. Hi. Mistyfoot, did you have some Misty... haircut? <laughs> Mistyfoot, you look so good. You working out? Mistyfoot asks what she's looking for, and Leafpool is careful about what she says, because she doesn't want to, I don't know, give away the whole Mothwing thing. She wishes she could tell her, but she doesn't know, is what she says. uh, Just look for anything unusual, especially if it doesn't smell right. Look for something two legs may have done or left behind. Two legs around here? Mistyfoot asks. Well, she supposes Leafpool knows best. She'll send out all the cats they can spare. And Mistyfoot casts one sorrowful look at the sick cats before leaving. Would you like to hit me with a cat fact before we make cats start throwing up? Sure! Yes, I would. <laughs> I'd be... I'd very much like to. Um, yeah? So. Guys. This cat world record uh, really opened my eyes to my own failures um 
my own my own mm-hmm. limitations and I just I, I have to apologize everyone I've I, I not only have I disappointed you all but I've disappointed myself um, number one I was not part of event um, this I wasn't part of this an event that took place in 2017 in Malaysia and two that in all my research on cast based based attractions I missed the city of Kuching, Malaysia, which I won't get into more detail about it, but first, uh, the record. The record. The largest amount of people gathered dressed as cats. Oh! This happened at the ASEAN, Association of Southeast Asian Nations, film festival- And not a furry con? No, it is the Association of Southeast Asian- Nations Film Festivals and Awards on May 4th in 2017 um, in Kuching, Malaysia. Um, I know, I not a furry convention. I think they'll prefer wolves. Um, yeah, I guess. There's no accounting for taste. So, the requirements were, number one, their whole body had to be covered. Which, it seems most of them achieved this by wearing like a black velvet like tracksuit. Um, yeah. Or like robe. Um, and two, they had to have cat ears, whiskers, and a tail. Um, and here's the best part. A minimum of 250 people needed to participate to break the world record. 440 people participated. That's beautiful. That's, wow, they like doubled that. Yeah. They straight up doubled it. <laughs> it was organized by the event holders, and it was mainly school children and teens that participated in it. Um, there's some really cute oh, photos so of, the, of the coverage. Um, you can tell they're kind of doing like sort of like traditional kind of face paint, almost like um, theatrical face paint of cats, but it's Aww. all very fun. Um, and I'm looking into this, and it doesn't like explain why. I'm like, okay, but why cats? Why were we dressing up as cats at this film festival? Like, was it was the one was that there was cat film? That's what I thought. No, the one from Malaysia was about like like about a couple. Like I read the entire like um like introduction speech to this event, and I was like, oh cool! It was like the fiftieth anniversary for this like the ASEAN like uh that started uh fifty years. This is the fiftieth anniversary. Um, I was like reading the transcripts and like trying to figure out like why cats? What there wasn't any cat films? What's going on? Only to realize, uh, after finding it mentioned in one line from the Guinness article about the event, so not the actual record, but in the article about the event, um, the location where the festival was that year was the reason. Kuching, in oh. some dialects of Malay, means cat. Oh! And I'm just like, I'm a failure. I A whole city yeah. named Cat. Yeah. And this is the first I've heard of it. Like, after three years Gosh. of me doing cat facts. Like, what a loser. I'm so disappointed in you. What a I'm buffoon. So like, what an oversight. Like, what? I'm going to uh, www.hireanewcohost.com. Uh, yeah. Because, um... <laughs> Specifically, you can't have read this book, and you must have been my friend for the past seven years, at least. Um, Yeah, obviously. So, I dipped into the etymology section of Kuching's Wikipedia, and it ends up that the name's origin is a bit debated. Like, it 
does translate in certain dialects of Malay to mean cat. Um, and there's like a tall tale that's like when white folks first showed up, um, they pointed and were like, what's that? And they were like pointing at the city, but the local guide thought they were pointing at a cat. And <laughs> but that is not true because at that time and in that place, um, the uh, ethnic people who lived there would have called cats Pusak um, and not Kuching. So because there's uh, like you know, different dialects funny. and yeah. yeah and different and a lot there's a lot of different languages spoke uh, in this country and um, the more realistic reasons um, there's not like a specific reason is like there it might be like a, a interpretation of a different language or it. Uh, could have been like something off of like the bodies of water, like some of the rivers might have had that yeah. name. Um, there's like not really a specific reason. However, the locals have embraced this. They're like, we are we are the city of cat, and obviously right. they took this record and like ran with it. Um, just That's be- so good. And um, not only that, they do have some. Uh, local based attractions. Uh, they have a cat museum, which has over oh. four thousand cat artifacts. Some are like from local culture. Oh. Some are just spotlight cats in history. Like they have a mummified cat from Egypt. Oh, um, and they also have a uh, cat statue. Um, and it's a family of cats. There's a mom and a dad, and seven kittens. Um, and all the cats are different colors and patterns to show like unity and diversity from one blog I saw. And they even have a local radio station called Cats FM. Like, like that's just the name of it. And their logo is a paw print. Like, oh, that's so cute. So it seems that they very much embrace it. Um, and a lot of the folks from the coverage I saw, uh, for the world record we're really excited about it um and all the photos are really sweet you like see people getting their faces painted and it's just like it, it seems to be a lot of teens like they said it was school children but like these seem to be like like maybe middle school and, and up ages teens so um but it, it just it seems like a really cute event and um they broke a world record and it's uh very congrats fun. yeah and I do like that all their outfits are pretty much the same. Like, uh, all their, like, a lot of the, the, uh, the ears are, like, little headbands, but their face paint. I don't know how they did the tails. I didn't, like, see the photos, but I'm not gonna. There was someone from yeah. Guinness World Records there, so I'm assuming they did their job. We trust them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that is, um, another world record. Most people dressed up as, uh, cats in, at, during one time. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would be, at a furry convention, that would be a lot of expensive cat fursuits. Yeah. That's that's a high craft there. Or, like, not even, like, the cats Broadway. Yeah. I guess they don't have 440. Maybe they were the previous record holders, because, like, I didn't really look and see <laughs> if there was anyone. I suppose it must have been uh, around 249. That must have been the last record. Probably. So... I'm guessing that was probably cats. That probably way. was, or a furry convention. Or a furry where convention. Really trying, but, but it happened because why would it? I genuinely, from what I see in folks who like actually fursuit, they usually do more like fantasy, 
like usually mammals, but I, I see more like wolves and dogs than I've seen. Yeah, you see more. You do see well, more like wolves, fox. Like I see a lot. Fox is really popular. It. I'm obviously I'm not really part well, of that. The more canine. Yeah, I'm not like part of that subculture. I mean, I basically so. I'm, I'm adjacent, so yeah. yeah. No, I, I've seen plenty of cats, but yeah, no, I think I think wolves probably take the cake. So. <sighs> But that's that's amazing. Yeah, maybe, I kind of like I don't I kind of like don't want anyone to break that record just because it's so it's kind of just oh, really it, oh it's kind of just that is kind of nice. It, the photos are so sweet and the fact that it's something that yeah. they take a lot of local pride in, I feel like yeah they would immediately want to take it back. <laughs> and the fact that it was hey. like a lot of kids that did it, like yeah, that's nice. I don't know if if you wanna if you and your friends who all like to dress up as cats want to break that record, go for it. But um. I, I think the current record holders, I think it's um, a pretty cool story, at least for right now. Yeah. No, I did. I mean, yeah, it's fun. And, like I said, it opened my eyes to a whole, a whole cat um, place I got to visit. Uh, another cat-focused area. Yeah. Apparently, they also have a cat cafe there, too. Um, I oh, they, have, they have a bunch of cat-themed stuff. And it just, it looks very fun. Um, and... Very interesting. Like the different stories of how the the city got the name is very um interesting to look into because, uh, I just nice. like everyone's like this. There was a BBC article that like talked about it and they like kept they was like oh it says on the Wikipedia page that isn't true don't like keep saying that someone pointed <laughs> at a cat and called the city that that's not true. That's still funny though. Yeah, it is. It is a funny. It's like it's a funny tall tale. Yes. Are you ready? Yeah, let's ready for let's, some let's, cat vomiting. Yeah, not really, but I guess let's do it. If it makes them feel better, okay. Mothwing brings the yarrow she has. They'll start with the kits. There's enough for the three of them. Leafwell is alarmed to see that the crying kit has weakened already in the oh. short time since she'd last seen him. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they move him to the stream and give him the yarrow pulp. He vomits up several mouthfuls of evil-smelling mucus. Ew. Jeez. His cries died down and he lay limp and shivering. I might I might put a content warning him. for vomit on this one. If you'd like. Just just that it's night. Uh, I, they tend to get pretty descriptive. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't like seeing um, vomiting like in shows and on screen, but reading about it is... Yeah. That doesn't bother me. I might just add the content warning. No. Hey, better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so we got that. They give, got that kid. Yep. Going. They give him a juniper berry, and Mothwing purrs soothingly as she massages the berry down his throat. What does the juniper berry do? Um, it, like, helps with, like, belly pain, I think. Oh. And, like, just kind of pain in general. I was like, does it also, is it, like, a throat soother? No, I think, I think it's more of a belly soother. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah, so she's calm, so different from her earlier panic. And they move the kit back to the nest. See, you're good at this. Nest. Yeah, she she is. The next kit stirs when they move her. She moans that her belly hurts. Leafful promises that the yarrow will make it better. She spits it out. Yuck! It's horrible. Minnow kit, do as you're told and eat oh it. Oh my god, Minnow was almost your name. It was almost his name. Your name was almost Ella Minopi, but then we found out you were a boy. Oh. 
Minokit tries to protest, but is cut off by a feeble wail as her belly seized. Mothwing takes this opportunity to stuff the bottle <laughs> back into her mouth. Alright, kid. Yeah, it's like getting a shot. Like, you gotta little, just do it. Little tough love. Gotta do it's it. It's like when I had to no. take my, um... I had to take this... I, I had a, um, a staph infection. I had, um... Impentigo. Um, which is a type of staph infection. Because I got a really bad case of swimmer's itch that had, obviously, a staph infection. And I still remember yeah. to to this day the taste of that antibiotic I had to take it like I had like I remember like prepping myself to take it every morning and the day I didn't have to take it I was like (gasps) it so I I know a kid been okay I know but dude it you'll be better if you just get it over with well minnow kit also throws up the reeking mucus they give her a juniper berry and minnow kit complains that that was also horrible (laughs) as she drifted you're you're not wrong hon she's like this sucks if i live i'm gonna remember this the third kit is the weakest mothwing says she thinks she's dead leafpool bends over the kit and her whiskers are stirred by her faint breathing she's still alive oh god but leafpool is afraid that she's well on her way to joining star clan i'm having anxiety man this is a lot but not on her watch yep Let's make this kid barf. They aren't going to move her. Instead, they grab a leaf for her to vomit on. I was going to say, it's very Leafpool nice that isn't... they brought them to the river. Yeah. Being surrounded by barf. But is this like... one this one can't. Just, oh, yeah. Almost just as bad as having to barf. So, but they brought a leaf to this one so that she can throw up and they can take it away. Yeah. Leafpool isn't able to rouse the kit. Mothwing has to part her jaws while Leafpool stuffed the yarrow down her throat. It's making my stomach The hurt. kit throws up... Sorry. It's the okay. kit throws up some of the mucus, but it isn't enough. Leafpool says it's better than nothing. They'll let her rest and try again. Mothwing says they should treat Beachpaw next. He's the weakest, aside from the kits. Leafpool goes to follow Mothwing when Mistyfoot reappears, her sides heaving. Leafpool, Mistyfoot pants. She's found something. Will she come see? Mothwing urges her to go. She'll be fine here. Leafpool checks the kits again and follows Mistyfoot. She's relieved to see that Reed Whisker and Ripplepaw, with mouths full of yarrow, are on their way back. Rufflepaw? They go to take it to Mothwing. Huh? Rufflepaw? No, Ripple. Oh. Ripplepaw. Similar, but, but not the same. Very similar. <laughs> Well, they, uh, they go to take the yarrow to Mothwing, and then they'll fetch more juniper. Mistyfoot leads her out of camp and follows a small stream towards the ShadowClan border. The slope turns into a sandy cliff with rocks jutting from the side. The stream fell into a waterfall, making the rocks slick. Mistyfoot waits for her at the top. Leafpool scents the air, and she catches a faint hint of the Thunderpath, but the scent of monsters is stale. Her ears perked when she sensed something she can't identify, but it reminds her of the sickness. The scent grows stronger as Mistyfoot leads her towards the border. Hawkfrost and Blackclaw, RiverClan's biggest tools, on, honestly, both of them, the biggest tools in RiverClan. Yeah, they're here, of course. Are waiting. Yep, they're here, of course. Who would be, uh, who would be attracted to weird toxic? stuff these guys it's these toxic guys 
Watch out, here comes uh, Brambleclaw. <laughs> oh no, he's found us. He's like, whoa, toxic? And Leaf Fool's like, no, they got you. <laughs> so Hawkeye says it's been quiet since they left. And Blackclaw adds that there's been no sign of ShadowClan. Mistyfoot tells him sharply that this has nothing to do with ShadowClan. It's a two-leg thing, just like Leafpool said. Come and see, but don't get too close. Hmm. So Hawkfrost and Blackclaw step aside to reveal a smooth, round object. It's about the size of a badger, and it's hard and shiny like the two-leg monsters. And in one place, the smooth surface is crushed and broken. A sticky liquid oozed out of the crack and dripped to the... Uh, to form a silvery-green puddle. Traces of the liquid in the grass showed that a cat or another animal had stepped in the puddle and picked it up with their paws. Is it oil? Is it oil barrel? I think it must be, because I... So I did some research on this, and I looked into, you know, the size of a badger in England, a European badger, and what is the size of a hazardous waste barrel... It must and, be smaller. Yeah, it's about it must be like a gas canister. No, no, it, it lines up with about it's the same length of a badger. Really? Yeah. I guess it's like a bread box. Like I don't I I have a bread box, but like people always like, you know, is it bigger than a bread box? And I was like, jeez, I don't know. No, it's um the the height is about or the, the length. The length of the badger plus the length of the barrel. I no, I believe you. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, and like the height of it would be like, is is larger. But I guess if you put you know the whole of it, it yeah, it's about badger sized. I guess. Okay. Sure. So I think it could be like yeah, like an oil barrel or like a t- a hazardous waste barrel. Something so bad. Something if, gross. Not for because it's for greeny cats. silver. Yeah, yeah so that, when you described this, what was coming out of it, I was like, that's gotta be oil or, like, gasoline. Yeah. My other thought is it could be, like, a gas yeah. canister. Um, yeah, I was thinking maybe, like, a propane one. Yeah, like, if, oh, tank. oh, definitely a propane one. It could be a propane But, tank. like, a canister like shaped like that could also carry, like, oil. It's just from what you're, yeah, a yeah. green, silvery Anything. liquid it is so clearly oil. Yeah. Or something oil-based. It could be, like, gasoline, but it's, like... Leafpool opens her mouth to speak and coughs oh. as the reek hits her throat. Yeah. Which does kind of sound like gasoline, because... <laughs> so, yeah, it's gross. Well, she says this must be it. That stuff could kill a cat. It even looks evil. And smells vile, Hawkfrost says. The only thing we'll ever agree with Hawkfrost on. It's probably uh, a petrol awful? can, you know? It's not gasoline. That was oh, Jesus. That what was, was that? That was heinous. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was, was a criminal like, act. It was, like, Australian at the end. It was... But, like, real bad Australian. Real bad, real bad. I apologize. I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Blackclaw doesn't get it. Surely no cat would be mouse-brained enough to drink that. Mouse-brain yourself, Mistyfoot says. Can't he see that cats have picked it up on their pads? Tread in it accidentally, lick yourself clean, and there you are. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways it could get into their food or it could have gotten on them. Like, there's a reason why you should have your dogs wear booties in the winter uh, as well as the summer because the salt is bad for them and they'll get off their paws. Mistyfoot looks horrified. That means it could be all over the territory by now. The leaf will tells her she doesn't think it's that bad. Any prey would die before they traveled far. So cats will need to stay away from this area, but there isn't much a risk of fresh kill with poison being caught anywhere else. Mistyfoot nods. She'll tell Leopard Star right away. It's about time, Hawk Frost says in a low voice to Black Claw. If patrols had been properly organized, they would have found this long ago. Oh my god sir sir say it again say it to my face i want to punch you in the face i want you to look at me when i punch at you lethal freezes patrols were a deputy's responsibility Hawkfrost is criticizing mistyfoot practically to her face mm. but also what he said wasn't true a clan's territory is too big to find every hazard right away and I'll point out, ThunderClan's saying that they haven't even explored all their territory yet. And, hey, Hawkfrost, if you're so good at this, why hadn't you found it? Yeah. <laughs> well, Blackclaw nods in agreement with a hostile glance at Misty. Oh my you god. Know, mother of his children. We always need someone, like, who is just, like, their gross lackey, though. Right. When Mistyfoot starts to head back to camp, What's your problem, if she Blackfoot? heard the exchange, she gave no sign of it. Hawkfrost says they'll find some thorns to build a barrier around it. He tells Blackclaw that if they don't want other animals or prey coming near it, some cat has to look out for the clan. Leafwool tells them to wash their paws when they've finished and don't lick them. Although I kind of wish she had said, lick them. Lick it up. I want to see you squirm. Welcome to the hand-washing innovation. Leafpaw catches up to Mistyfoot. She doesn't understand how the kits got ill. Mistyfoot lets out an exasperated sigh. They ran away from camp the other day to explore. Minnow Kit's idea. She's always getting into trouble. (sighs) Mistyfoot can't wait for her to have a mentor to keep an eye on her. Leafpool says they must have found the two-leg thing, but never told any cat what they found. Of course not. Mistyfoot shakes her head. They probably thought they were in enough trouble when they got back to camp. So, yeah. Dawnflower is their mother. She gave them a good licking when they got back. Ah! She was the first full-grown cat to fall ill. Leafpool says that makes sense. She'll have to have a word with those kits when they wake up. They will wake up? Mistyfoot asks. I think so. And Leafpool doesn't mention the black kit who hadn't responded well to the Yara. Stop. The sun is setting when Mistyfoot and Leafpool get back to camp. Leafpool said it would be a good idea to check through the fresh kill pile for anything with the scent on it. Mistyfoot says she'll check the camp, too, in case anyone has it on their paws. And she goes to report to Leopard Star. Aaron, show me your paws. And leave paw. <laughs> paws. Everyone paws. And leave pool. It's like we're at a, we're at a church-sanctioned uh, movie night. Everyone's just over your hands. Yeah, is that what they do? 
I didn't realize that was weird and Claire said it out loud. <laughs> All right, so we're back to the medicine den. Do we want to stop there and see what happens later? Yeah, because I gotta call my dad back. Yeah. Well, at least we figured it out. Good job. Yeah, we team. figured it out. It could have. It was two legs. Yeah, it was two legs. And it was nasty, nasty. Um, it was nasty, nasty. And hopefully, I'm really hoping we caught it in time for everyone. I'm really holding out for that little black kit. We were hoping that he yes. throws up more. Um, and yeah. So, folks, if you too hope that little kid throws up some more, which is not something I would usually hope for, but I think it's appropriate here, you can follow us on Twitter yes. and Instagram at WCWITCast, or you can email us at WCWITCast at gmail.com. And if uh, you want to help out the podcast, the best way you can do that is share it with a friend and say, hey, we only talk about throw up like a lot in this episode, but don't worry. There'll be a content warning. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, thanks. Because I remember Heart. And I'm Tangle Tongue. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? Mm-hmm.